just as a quick side note, um, please visit my website, alphamalebuddhist.podbean.com, where you could find links to my Instagram, my YouTube channel, and where you could see my promotional t-shirts, which are on my Etsy store. Sold a couple of shirts, they're looking really sharp, so go to alphamalebuddhist.podbean.com, shoot me an email, give me feedbacks, comments, and uh, the podcast is doing very well, and I got, you know, I'm getting really good feedback, and it's cooking, it's bubbling for me, so I really want to thank you for listening, let's get into it. Welcome back to episode 92 of the Alpha Male Buddhist from Brooklyn podcast. I'm your host, Miguel. Today on the podcast, we're going to break down a movie that was filmed in 1999, and the name of this movie is The Matrix. And to actually label this a movie would be a grave mistake, because this, The Matrix, is not really a movie, but it is a documentary. It is an allegory, and it is a handbook for those who are awakened. And for those of you who are not aware of what an allegory is, the etymology of allegory is Greek for allos, agorius. Allos is others, and agorius is speaking or another interpretation. So what an allegory is, is a story with a much deeper meaning or much deeper interpretation and teaching. And allegories really are akin to knowledge, teaching, and understanding of life through in, through the interpretation of a story. So this allegory of a movie or documentary, The Matrix, starts with uh, the main character, Neo, standing, I guess he's in a club or some kind of place with loud music, kind of dark and shaded, and he is approached by Trinity, who is a friend of his. Now, to, to back up, Basically, what Neo is, he sees a guy that, you know, has a mundane day-to-day life in an office, answering phones, working on computers, but at night he's a computer hacker, and he's hacking, and he's looking to get the answer to his question. He, he, he's, he's a seeker, he's looking for truth, and his hacker name is actually Neo, so he runs into other hackers, and they go back and forth with different things like that, searching for truth. Again, so as he's standing in this club and he's approached by Trinity, Trinity's another hacker. And they have a little exchange of words and, you know, they kind of find out that they actually know each other from the hacking world. But Trinity approaches him and says to him, you know, you're looking for the answer to the question. And you know what the question is. What is the matrix? So they get deep into it. And what I'm going to do right now is I'm going to play a little clip where... Um, Morpheus breaks down really what the Matrix is. So it's going to be actually two clips that I'm going to play where Morpheus breaks down in detail what the Matrix is. This is it. Let me give you one piece of advice. Be honest. He knows more than you can imagine. At last. Welcome, Neo. As you no doubt have guessed, I am Morpheus. It's an honor to meet you. No. The honor is mine. Please, come, sit.
I imagine that right now you're feeling a bit like Alice. Tumbling down the rabbit hole, hmm? You could say that. I can see it in your eyes. You have the look of a man who accepts what he sees because he is expecting to wake up. Ironically, this is not far from the truth. Do you believe in fate, Neil? No. Why not? Because I don't like the idea that I'm not in control of my life. I know exactly what you mean. Let me tell you why you're here. You're here because you know something. What you know you can't explain, but you feel it. You felt it your entire life, that there's something wrong with the world. You don't know what it is, but it's there, like a splinter in your mind, driving you mad. It is this feeling that has brought you to me. Do you know what I'm talking about? The Matrix. Do you want to know what it is? The Matrix is everywhere. It is all around us. Even now, in this very room. You can see it when you look out your window or when you turn on your television. You can feel it when you go to work, when you go to church, when you pay your taxes. It is the world that has been pulled over your eyes to blind you from the truth. What truth? That you are a slave, Neo. Like everyone else, you were born into bondage, born into a prison that you cannot smell or taste or touch. A prison for your mind. Unfortunately, no one can be told what the Matrix is. You have to see it for yourself. This is your last chance. After this, there is no turning back. You take the blue pill, the story ends, you wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want to believe. You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland. And I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. Remember, all I'm offering is the truth, nothing more. In this next scene, we're going to hear Morpheus talk to Neo and explain to him the construct. And it goes very deep. This is, you know, really what the Matrix is all about. So let's check it out. This is the construct. It's our loading program. We can load anything from clothing to equipment, weapons, 
training simulations, anything we need. Right now, we're inside a computer program? Is it really so hard to believe? Your clothes are different, the plugs in your arms and head are gone. Your hair has changed. Your appearance now is what we call residual self-image. It is the mental projection of your digital self. This, this isn't real. What is real? How do you define real? If you're talking about what you can feel, what you can smell, what you can taste and see, then real is simply electrical signals interpreted by your brain. This is the world that you know. The world as it was at the end of the 20th century. It exists now only as part of a neural interactive simulation that we call the Matrix. You've been living in a dream world, Neo. This is the world as it exists today. for certain is that at some point in the early 21st century all of mankind was united in celebration we marveled at our own magnificence as we gave birth to AI AI you mean artificial intelligence a singular consciousness that spawned an entire race of machines we don't know who struck first us or them but we know that it was us that scorched the sky at the time, they were dependent on solar power, and it was believed that they would be unable to survive without an energy source as abundant as the sun. Throughout human history, we have been dependent on machines to survive. Fate, it seems, is not without a sense of irony. The human body generates more bioelectricity than a 120-volt battery and over 25,000 BTUs of body heat. Combined with a form of fusion, the machines had found all the energy they would ever need. There are fields near, endless fields, where human beings are no longer born. We are grown. For the longest time, I wouldn't believe it. And then I saw the fields with my own eyes. Watched them liquefy the dead so they could be fed intravenously to the living. And standing there, facing the pure, horrifying precision, I came to realize the obviousness of the truth. What is the Matrix? Control. The Matrix is a computer-generated dream world built to keep us under control in order to change a human being into this. No. 
I don't believe it. It's not possible. I didn't say it would be easy, Neo. I just said it would be the truth. Stop. Let me out. Let me out. I want out. Easy, Neo. Easy. Take this thing. Take this thing. Don't touch me. Get away from me. Stay away from me. I don't believe it. I don't believe it. I don't believe it. It's gonna pop. Breathe, Neo. Just breathe. So as the movie proceeds, one observation that I have, actually a couple, but I equate Neo and the movie itself to, actually to Sirati Gautama or Buddha with the awakening, and very much, very much akin or very similar. And the other one is Plato's allegory of the cave, the people that are interpreting the world through shadows in a cave. Because in Plato's um, allegory, you know, one of these inhabitants of the cave gets out and sees that there's a real world out there and comes back to tell everyone of it and they kill him. So, there's again, there's a lot of connections between this movie and some really deep, profound teachings. So, as you see in the previous clip, Morpheus presents, and everybody knows this classic scene, he presents him with the red pill or the blue pill and, you know, Neo obviously takes the red pill and he emerges in this room. This is the previous part that you just heard where he explains to him really what the uh, artificial intelligence has done and how they're using people for power, you know, f to supply the robots and the artificial intelligence and the matrix itself. We've been reduced to just being batteries in this existence, not far from the truth. And as you, well, you don't have the video portion of it. Uh, you know, you can look it up on YouTube. But as Neo, um, you know, takes the red pill, he emerges in this like cocoon-like structure with like slimy liquid in there, kind of like fetal, you know, fetal birth type deal where he comes up from the amniotic fluid and he has all of these attachments to him, you know, these cables and these things plugged into him, electronic electrodes and everything like that. And as he realizes he's all connected and attached to all of this, he starts ripping off all of these attachments, which is a metaphor for waking up and detached, becoming detached, you know, from the system. So once once he completely detaches from this, he falls through this long corridor slide place where he comes out into a, a, a ship with other people that have awakened just like him. And Lawrence Fishburne approaches him and asks him, does he really want to see what the Matrix is? And again, that was the, the prior clip that, that we were listening to. And in that clip, they're actually standing in this white room and with an old school, like 1955 RCA television in front of him, and Morpheus has the remote control. A lot of metaphor in this. And he hits the remote control, and you know, it, it, it's craziness, you know. You know, what he exposes and what he teaches, what he's teaching Neo. And Neo is very receptive. And what Morpheus is seeing in Neo is that Neo is, quote unquote, the one, or the one to be awakened. Because once. They have one person that's able to become completely awakened to the reality of it. That is the point in time that they are going to have a chance to take down this whole matrix system. I'm not going to say it's a Jesus figure, but something akin to that, where they have one person able to make that breakthrough, and it's going to be the salvation of the, or the the enlightenment awakening for everyone. You know, upon this one person becoming awake. So when they're in that room, Neo says to Morpheus, this is not real. 
and Morpheus asks, what is real? And he proceeds to tell him that everything is pretty much a neuro-interactive simulation because they had lost the whole civilization. I guess something happened in, as, as he said in the dialogue, something happened in the 20th century and in the 21st century, AI took over. And something to the effect of the uh, clouds were polluted and the, the, the sun wasn't able to shine through, these robots and this artificial intelligence was able to survive off power that it got from solar panels and such. I might be slightly off, but it's been a while since I watched the movie. So what the AI, what the artificial intelligence realized was that they could harvest the energy of people because as he stated in that, that a human person had more bioactive electricity than a 120 volt battery and that we generate 5,000 BTUs of heat. So the AI realized this and what they started doing was actually colonizing and farming humans in these cocoon-like things and actually drawing off the, the energy from them so that they can run their system. And on the flip side of this is that the people that were being farmed slash harvested slash used as batteries were, they were running a simulation through their brain where they felt that they were either playing football or they lived in a big mansion or whatever they did. But that's why, that's why Morpheus said, what, what is reality? What is real? Because it's just electromagnetic impulses that run through your brain. And, you know, they can write code to simulate this where you would not know the difference between what is real and what is an illusion. This movie is, this movie is extremely, extremely deep, man. Like with all of this, Edward Bernays marketing, brainwashed television, news, and a lot, even a lot of crap that you see on social media. It's basically trying to contain you in your lane, in your place, to be complacent, to follow, and to just be cattle in this farming system where they're harvesting our energy, our resources, and our brains. And we need to, like, metaphorically rip off those attachments and those connections and that control mechanism from us so that our eyes can be opened and we can be awake to see that it is just a true simulation that they're running on us so we can seek truth and find the, the awakening within ourselves, you know, to, to discover ourselves and who the self is. And it's definitely not the system and it's definitely not you know, an Apple Air laptop or some kind of Jeezy, Wheezy sneakers or whatever the fuck. So at this point in the movie, once they have this conversation about what the Matrix is and, you know, virtual reality and what is real, they, uh, for some reason, there's a metaphor, there's a phone, and every time that phone rings, it kind of switches the scene. I, you know, it's, and it's, like I said, it's been a while since I watched the movie, but that phone, that, when that phone rings, some shit's going to happen. So phone rings and, you know, they end up in like an old house. And as Neo is going up the stairs with his other awakened, you know, basically it's Morpheus's group. There's like six of them. And one of them ends up being a traitor, by the way. So as they're going up, you know, metaphor for, for, for Judas. So as they're going up the stairs, Neo looks, looks back and sees a cat walking through, you know, the doorway. And then he kind of looks away and then looks back again. And, you know, when the cat moved by, he shook his head. He saw another cat walk up and shook his head and did the same thing. So he, he mumbled to himself, deja vu. So one of his partners said to him, what do you mean? He goes, I just saw a cat or whatever. He goes, was it the same cat? You know, whatever. 
because when that happens, it's a glitch in the matrix. It's interesting because, you know, I, I experienced deja vu and a lot of things like that, and it makes you think sometimes. So as that happens, you know, Morpheus calls back to the headquarters, the base, and he goes, hey, you know, I need a fix on, you know, where the water supply is for this building or whatever, because I guess he realizes they're going to come after them and they can hide where the pipes are, which does happen. You know, they start coming after him. And these agents, they're all, all called Agent Smith with the dark sunglasses. You guys have seen the movie, so if you haven't, you really need to see it. So these agents start coming and they all look identical. And no emotion, they're just cold. They're artificial intelligence is what they are, a manifestation of artificial intelligence. Very cold, very sterile. They're coming after Morpheus and his crew. So Morpheus and his crew, they kind of dip in somehow. They get into the wall where the pipes are and everything like that. And they, these Agent Smiths, they start shooting into the wall and, you know, getting really close. So Morpheus, like, leans back and just blasts his head right through the wall and starts fighting with the guy. And at this point in the movie, it's, again, it's really a metaphor because what happens is it's, it's illustrating and showing you that at the point in time, a person detaches from this matrix system and they become awake. They have infinite potential and infinite power because the control mechanism that was holding them down and limiting them is no longer there. So once they were able to break through that um, system, they were able to fly, climb up walls. And, and, and you could see at the end when they start really shooting at Neo, you see, I'll explain later on what happens there, but it shows you that they have discovered the infinite potential and infinite ability to master their circumstance where they are at that point. It's really amazing. And the Judas in the group is a guy called Cypher. Uh, he was in the Sopranos, I believe. <laughs> it's kind of funny to see him in that scene, but he has name is Cypher and he, you know, he kind of trades on him and kind of turn, tries to turn them all in. Rat. So Morpheus engages in, in, in a hand-to-hand -hand combat with one of the agents, Agent Smith, I call them all Agent Smith, they look exactly alike. They're fighting, 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 and finally this Agent Smith gets the better of Morpheus. They all circle him, and they take him hostage in this room, and they're trying to interrogate them, interrogate him, and try, trying to interrogate Morpheus. So, throughout this, there's another, uh, there's a scene in this, I think that happens just before this, and it's with regard to a woman, an old woman that's called the Oracle. And again, and I hate to jump around on this, but it, it, it's easy to piece together. He, Morpheus brings Neo to this oracle, this woman, and she's in a house in an apartment that looks like it's in the 1940s. And if you listen carefully, I believe it's Billie Holiday that's singing in the background. And it literally does look like uh, a kitchen and frozen in time in like the 1940s. So, which shows you that time is just, you know, time is just a frequency or time is just an, an element, just like anything else. You know, we, we really live outside of the context of time, you know, that's why God is eternal. You know, he lives outside of that and we have a spark of a God within us. So anyway, he's in an old kitchen and, um, you know, Morpheus brings Neo in to speak to this woman and she's baking cookies and Morpheus waits outside and Neo goes inside and they start speaking. But it, you know, this time that I watch it, it really hit me what, what this scene meant. And what happens is the woman speaks to, to, to Neo and says, hey, you know, Morpheus feels that you're the chosen one and, you know, the responsibility and, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever. So she looks at his hands 
and she, you know, looks in his eyes like a doctor. She's doing an examination, and she says, you know, you're not the one. You're not the one. I'm sorry. I know that um, Morpheus thinks that you're the one, but what's going to happen here is either only one of you is going to make it out of here alive. So if Morpheus is right and you're the one, you're going to live and he's going to die. And if you're not the one, then, or if you are the one, then whatever, one of them is going to die, contingent upon whether or not Neo is the one. And it really hit me at that point in time because by her telling Neo that he's not the one, she's a hundred percent right because the only one that can make that determination if Neo is the one is Neo himself. As they say, you know, if you see, you know, let's say you see a big rock and you say to yourself, you know what? I can, I can run. If I run, I, I can't jump over that rock. And if you say that to yourself, you're right. You can't. And if you say to yourself, you know what? I can run and jump over that rock. You're right. You know, you, there's a real high probability that you will be able to do it because you said you can do it. So it's, it's a state of mind and where you are and, and, and the belief in your own infinite potential. So this, this woman is telling Neo, you're not the one. She's a hundred percent right. What is she going to say? You're the one and like look stupid or you have to dig deep into that. The Tao of that statement, you're not the one because it's so profound and Again, Neo was, and he actually ended up being the one Neo, when you see it at the end. A lot of metaphors there. So she tells him he's not the one, and he, he doesn't say that he stays quiet, and he walks away, but he's the one to make the determination. And the only the only response that she could give to him is that, you're not the one, which is the perfect response. That just hit me this time that I saw it, which kind of which kind of ties back to Sarata Gautama, or Buddha, where, you know, everybody around him kind of doubted him, and they thought, you know, he was off, and didn't know what was going on until he sat under the Bodhi tree for 40 days and 40 nights and was confronted by Mara. But more on that when we get to the end uh, the end of the podcast, where I kind of break down how the movie ended. This is The Matrix 1, by the way. So anyway, they, uh, they capture Morpheus. They're interrogating him. They're torturing him, and they're trying to get information from him because they know he's the leader of these awakened people. And as this is going on, Neo realizes that the only way that Morpheus is going to be rescued is if he does it. So Neo calls back to headquarters and this is the matrix. Now at this point, once they're awakened, they can just manifest material stuff out of Noah because they understand that it's just electromagnetic impulses, but it's in a weird way, reality and electro, because you can die in in the matrix, you know, because Kind of like that Freddy Krueger thing where, you know, people had a dream where they would die and they would actually die. Kind of like that. So Morpheus calls back and says, I need weapons. He's there with um, his the, the female sidekick. Her name is Trinity. He's there with Trinity. He goes, I need I need weapons. So all of a sudden, this corridor comes with weapons and everything like that and a helicopter. So Neo hops in this helicopter and takes off and goes up and uh, tracks down where Morpheus is. And, you know, famous scene with the Gatling gun, he shoots everything down and he kind of rescue, rescues Morpheus, you know, and brings him down and, and such. So, long story short, when this happens, they somehow Neo ends up in the basement with these Agent Smiths. There's a bunch of them. And uh, Neo is running, 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 and he's trying to hide from them. So, finally, he kicks open a door and there's an Agent Smith in front of him, or the 45 right in front of him. And the, the, the Agent Smith 
shoots Neo right in the chest. And Neo kind of just looks at him and does it like a Bruce Lee thing where he, you know, he puts his hand over the wound and looks at the blood. And then he backs up and then Agent Smith blasts him like six times. And he just kind of slowly hunches over and collapses down onto the ground. And dies, literally dies because they were actually watching his vitals on the on the command ship. They can see his vitals, you know, his heartbeat and everything like that, his partners. And they see it go flat. He dies. And this is really the profound part of the movie because when he dies, he kind of just hops back up again. And I guess he's realized, he has realized the self who he is and he has this completely, completely escaped this control mechanism. And he was, he was, he was healed. He was fine. And he got up and these agent Smiths, they like five of them, they're looking at him and they're like shocked that he got up. They figured that he was dead, but again, he was outside of this control mechanism. So they start just unloading on him, shooting, 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 famous scene. And these, and Neo sees these bullets coming at him, like 15 slugs, you know, coming at him and they're coming in slow motion. And as these slugs are coming at Neo, you know, he does that Matrix move like in slow motion that's ultra cool. He he says no, and he puts up his right hand like in that stop position. And the bullets literally slow up and stop right in front of him. And he proceeds to take, they're actually stationary in full stopped position right in front of him. And he actually plucks one of the bullets in from the air and looks at it and examines it and drops it to the ground, and then all the bullets drop to the ground. Now, this is a metaphor, Buddha, or Sarata Gautama, when he's sitting under the Bodhi tree for 40 days and 40 nights, and Mara, the devil, manifests in front of him and asks Buddha, by whose authority do you, you know, maintain that, you know, you can be awakened and can do all of, you know, to be self-realized as you are, as, as you claim to be, by whose authority. And Buddha really didn't answer anything. He just took his hand and placed it on the ground. So what he's saying basically there is by the, by the power of the self and the power of the earth itself proclaiming this, because no one gives you this power. This is a man's natural power that's standing on this planet earth. So I digress back. Neo plucks one of these bullets from the air and examines it and looks at it and just drops it to the ground and all of these bullets drop to the ground. Again, back to Siddhartha when he's under the Bodhi tree, 40 days, 40 nights, Mara manifests uh, in front of him and shoots these flaming arrows at, at Buddha. And as these arrows, these flaming arrows are coming at Buddha, Buddha realizes that Mara is just his shadow. Okay, they're a manifestation of the same oneness, but it's just the flip side of it. So upon realizing that Mara was just his own shadow, those arrows dropped to the ground, which is basically the realization that Neo had as these bullets came at him. He realized that this is just a manifestation of his shadow, of, of the dark side of that matrix, and they were just useless against him. And at that point in time, when those bullets all fell to the ground, he looked up again, and those Agent Smiths, you could see them in like a matrix program code kind of, configuration you know they look like computer code and then they tried to come at him again and agent smith goes to attack you know by hand to fight with uh neo and it's funny because he's punching 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 and neo is so self-realized that he's actually um fighting him with his left hand and with his right hand i think he's either digging through his pockets or kind of like not even really paying attention to the guy because he's he's so transcended above all of this illusion 
So this was just a real loose interpretation of, of the matrix of the movie, and I kind of equate it to, to Buddha and to enlightenment and to truth and to what's happening. So, you know, not everything has to be a negative, everything like that. I mean, we because anything that has a negative side is going to have the equal and opposite positive side to it. So it's choices that we make. Um, I actually need to go and watch this movie again. Uh, I watch it many times, but the last time I truly, even preparing for this, I just watched like a 30 minute thing on YouTube for it and just took some quick notes, but I'm going to go back and uh, watch it again. And I might even do another podcast on, on this, but um, yes, again. So I want to thank you for listening. Visit my website, alphamalebuddhist.podbean.com. And uh, thank you for listening and namaste. Welcome to the Alpha Male Buddhist from Brooklyn podcast. I'm your host, Miguel. I like to cover topics from ancient history great leaders and generals from the past, and I also like to talk about self-realization, truth, critical thinking, and strategic spirituality. Outside the box, nonconformist, I'm here to shatter the myths of the mainstream media and the beta sheeple narrative. My email address is alphamalebuddhist at gmail.com. My website is alphamalebuddhist.com. Dot podbean.com. My Instagram is Alpha Male Buddhist. And check out my YouTube channel, Alpha Male Buddhist, and that's on YouTube. It is the podcast accompanied with video clips that integrate exactly with the podcast, so it's motivational and inspirational. I also have promotional t shirts if you go to my website, Alpha Male Buddhist.podbean.com. You can see the promotional t-shirts there. Reach out to me. Also, if you have any show notes or any suggestions that you would like to hear on the podcast, just reach out and see if I can get that done. I've been getting some really great emails and feedback from my listeners, which is great. So I want to thank you for listening and namaste.